0: the lord is good i said the lord is good all, all right let's quickly take our declaration of understanding then we'll sit down i want to teach a bit oh well we'll take some scriptures uh, as we go on teaching as part of our school of prayer all right I want to let's go if you're doing it by heart now i declare now I declare the lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and i'm being filled with the knowledge of his will In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I am walking in the manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing Him in all respects. I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it is making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, let's take our seats quickly. The Lord is good. Amen. Say, it like you believe it. the Lord is good. Amen. All right. Today is our last school of prayer for the year. Some people don't realize that. For that reason, let me try and finish the teaching we've been on for some time on um, the word of healing. So, we try to finish it this evening. So, what came to my heart to so use to wrap it up. We'll take some declarations along the line and maybe we'll get up once in a while to teach, uh, to pray. But mostly I'm going to be teaching. And my teaching for this evening is titled, and it's not, how many times I give a title out of ten? Maybe like once or twice. Add this one to it. I have a title for today. It's titled Five Laws of Divine Healing. Five Laws of Divine Healing. We're going to look at five laws of divine healing today. I'm going to take them one by one. Now, what do I mean by five laws of divine healing? Where do we start from? Of course, I think I'll just go straight to them one by one. Let me not waste um, any time trying to say many more things. Now, what I mean by five laws of divine healing is that as we go on, we see different principles, all right, that apply when we are seeking divine healing. I want to start by saying that Jesus is the healer. Somebody say that. Amen. Jesus is the healer. All right. Say amen if you want to say amen. Okay, Jesus is the healer. Say amen to that. Amen. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Now repeat it after me. Say Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the healer. Say with God. With God. Nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. Say that again with God. With God. Nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. All right, the first law we are going to look at is the law of faith. The law of faith. And to explain that, we'll look at the book of Mark chapter 5. Look at the book of Mark chapter 5. That's what we're going to start from. The law of faith is the first of the laws that we are going to look at concerning divine healing. Please, I want everybody who's been following this series to try and focus on today, because we're going to summarize it here. And again, remember, these things are not to be heard only once. You go over them and hear them again and again. Now, we are going to look at that law of faith as our first law of divine healing. And we'll read from the book of Mark, chapter 5. We want to read the story of the woman with the issue of blood. We'll start from verse 24. And he went off with him, and the large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was not helped at all, but rather had grown worse. This woman, after hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. Why did she do that? For she thought, that is within herself now, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. That was the reason why she moved her head to touch his garment, touch his cloak. And the Bible says in verse 29, immediately the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself, that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and you say, Who touched me? He looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Notice what he, he said. Daughter, your faith has made you well. What made her well? Answer me again. This woman, according to the word of our Lord Jesus Christ, was healed by her faith. You understand? Her faith was what triggered the flow of divine power. I've had many people criticize word of faith teaching and the, what, who they call um, faith healers. That they have a habit of blaming people who are not healed because they did not believe. And they felt that was you no. Know, this world. These days everything has to be solved. You don't talk down on anybody. You don't tell anybody anything bad. That's the world of today. I'm not saying it's right. Okay? And sometimes the church follows that. We are afraid to tell people the truth. And if you want to tell anybody that something wrong with him or her, they come against you. So they say they leave people condemned and all of that. Listen, that people's faith make them well is what the Bible says. I like one thing that Ken Higgin said he did. He took time out and gathered all the stories about people being healed in the Bible and that's by the Lord Jesus Christ in the Gospels. Of course, He, tried, he was careful to um, separate the ones in which uh, Matthew will repeat something that's also said in Mark, and you find it also in Luke. He said when you find the different ones, I think he said it came to about 19 or so, different stories told. And at least, I think, now I'm not very sure of the facts now, but let me just quickly say it. In the majority of them, I think he said about 12, the healing was tied to the person's faith. I hope you're getting my point. There are some which Bibles didn't say anything about that. You just saw a man lying down, okay? And Bethesda, that pool there, that had five porches and said, look, do you want to be made whole? And the man talking, 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 he said, get up, take your bed and walk. And then, of course, we know the Bible says, reading from Ezekiel, the spirit entered into him. We believe that's what happened and set him on his feet. Otherwise, why should he believe a total stranger asking him to get up a man who could not get up and be healed, all right? So there are, there are cases like that. But Ken Hagin pointed out that a majority, however, is something like this that you find. You hear things like, daughter, great is thy faith. Thy faith has made you whole. Do you get my point? Now, again, at this point, let me recommend that book that we released earlier this year, the PDF copy, which is free. If you are listening to this, just go to our website, pastor.ng, under the book section, but if you, you may also use a bit link. The bit link is Faithbook 2022, all right? Faithbook 2022, all small character. If you just type that one in, bits.ly slash Faithbook 2022, the small book, that is, the file is small, to drop into your device. And of course, if you are physically available around here, we have the print copies. Please try and get a copy for yourself, all right? Now, that book is titled, We Walk by Faith. We Walk by Faith. Please read it. What did I say? It. No, I didn't say read. I said what? Please. please. I had a please. So what did I say? Can you preach to somebody for me beside you? Tell that person. person. At least it's free to download. Free to download. Uh-huh. download is free, you know? One reason why we make our books free to download is that we don't want anybody to have any reason not to read. Do you understand? Please read that book. Because what I would love to say here, I don't have enough time. Like I said, I want to talk about five laws, and we have just a short time. And today is the last day I have, because the year is coming to an end for us, the way we have our calendar planned. So, I have to be quick. So, I'm recommending you please read the book. In it, I explained what that woman's faith was. And what we all have to do as believers is to work on our faith. Now, faith it does not mean that, need to quickly say that, I have to quickly say it. Faith does not mean that I have closed my eyes. I have just said, hey, it must be like this. That's not what faith means. It's not stubbornness. I hope you're getting my point. What is faith? It's a manner of thinking. Do you get my point? Yes. Sir. yes. It's a manner of thinking. It's the way you view life. For example, I, I, I was deliberate when I said, at the beginning of that, I said, say after me. Jesus is the healer. And with God, nothing is impossible. You know, we went over that. And that the reason why I needed us to also say that is that that's what faith is. For example, we know that human doctors are not the healer. Even though they say it, that we care, and then God cures. What human beings can do alone is to care. And, of course, many of them get confused in, uh, as to the extent of their power. And one of the things that happen these days is that There's mockery of Christianity everywhere you go. If if a patient that one makes me laugh because I get involved in these things, if a patient doesn't come to hospital on time, they say that's what they do now, and they now say when the when the the their faith or their the healers they went to did not do not work, they now they now finally come to the hospital. And I've been in a conference recently, and somebody said, okay, how do we handle that? They say, hey, pastor is here, you know, they just. It was a professional conference, you know I was there as a professional, but then they all called me pastor. They say, "Okay, pastor, is here, they came and gave me the microphone to answer why my people will not go to hospital <laughs> <laughs> and then they're having to deal with late cases, that things that they could have cured early, and all of that now the, that challenge comes up concerning the faith work, but let me say this quickly: I have never had the shadow of doubt that God heals, and then I don't mock anybody who says I want to believe God. I will not persuade you that, hey, don't believe God, though. Go and go to hospital. There are things that if I say, God will be angry with me. What I just try to do is that because I know many times the treatment that the doctors want to prescribe will make people panic. Sometimes they are drastic. Other times they are expensive or a combination of both. They can be drastic they can be very expensive. Medical treatment is not cheap. When I was a young person those days, I used to wonder why do people go to traditional bone setters if they have an accident, they break their leg. I couldn't understand why. There was no logic to it until I found out the difference in the cost. Oh, and now understand why people keep on going there. Human bones are design, designed to heal naturally. When we are children, we used to, when our chicken and stuff like that would break bones, we used to set it and it will heal. They will tell you that you tie it with, you put a stick, tie it with a piece of cloth, and then drop, they say drop oil. The oil had nothing to do with it. Is that stability you give it with that stick and that cloth? It heals. So it's, it's natural. All right, so the traditional bone setters, they may have some skill, I don't know. But we, because they used to cause for us in the hospital those days a lot of problems. Because a lot of people go there, they get tetanus, they die. Yes. Because in the, in, the, in the medical profession, you take care of things like that. You check the injury. You have to make sure this person does not get tetanus on your neck, okay? And then we are careful that when bones heal, they heal properly so that you don't shorten the limb. And there are many, many, many things that we you know, have to work on. So for that reason, I used to wonder, why do people still go to these traditional people? Because this one works far better, no doubt, until I found out the cost, I say, eh, you fall down from keke or motorbike, you break your leg, if we put you on admission in the hospital, this, this, they if you really break the leg, these days they don't like to put, when I was younger, they put you on the bed, can tie you kind of to the bed for months. This is, they don't like to do that anymore. They take you in for surgery, I'm talking about the surgery. And they just screw the thing back, and within a few weeks you are moving around, the, the leg will take time to heal. <laughs> All of if it's if only everything I've said, is only one month you spend in hospital when you are living. If an average civil servant in this state we are in, that's one year's salary gone. Thank God for the social system we have in Nigeria, where everybody will contribute. Because if not, we bankrupt you. And the doctor has not been wicked. That's just a cost. The things he will implant in your bones, he has to import them. Just the has to import them the anesthetic gases he will use, all those things, they are expensive. What I have told you is because they are not paying the doctors or the nurses. Federal government pays them. No, you don't want to go to a place where you have to be the one to pay the doctor and pay the nurse. <laughs> why did I tell this dramatic <laughs> story? That's why many people claim they are believing God. They are not believing God. They are running away from cost. That's what gives the faith work a bad name. Generally, people will see that and if they can't afford it. So a lot of people run to those... I just gave that illustration of traditional healers. They go there because those guys charge, charge as little as a hundred naira a day. We are not going to charge you a hundred naira a day. That's the, profession that the medical profession. They won't get a hundred naira a day from you. And you go to the hospital that is cheap, they probably put you on the bed. This day is $2,000, $3,000. At the end of one month, if you work for a no state civil service, and that we're done with you, stay there for a whole month, taking six months of your salary for a whole year, and you buy expensive drugs. So a lot of people run away from those things. And of course, some of those things, doctor, from the beginning will let you know that we don't really have a cure for this. We are going to try and control it as much as possible with all this money I'm going to spend. And I've said to you here many times before, we have discovered that, they, that for those things that are really difficult, yeah, they are very expensive to th- treat, even though no cure is guaranteed. Now, these are the reasons, some of them, when, why many people suddenly start believing God in a hurry. They never had faith. They never had faith. They are running away from cost. They are running away from, you know, something that they are not even given hope concerning. At that point in time, they will grasp at anything. And the commonest thing to grasp around is prayer. Not like they believe so much in that prayer. Because as the person says, believing God is taking Chinese herbs. You've seen it. Friends and family are sending them all kinds of vitamins from everywhere. I try my best, God helping me not to add um, you know, things that are not really called scripture to my teaching but I can not help it, you know, just to give you general knowledge. Please, I want to beg anybody listening to me again. If you are sick and you want to take medicine never take anyone anyone recommended by your friends and relatives. They don't know anything. Please go to the professionals. Why should your auntie be the one to wrap things and send to you? Your auntie is an accountant. Why should she be the one to wrap something and send to you? She sells clothes in the market. Please, I'm begging everybody. If you want to take medicine, go to where the real medicine is given. Go and see a specialist doctor. Let him or her talk to you. If you are not sure what he's saying, go to another one. More than that, you are allowed to compare opinion of three of them. Most won't take offense, especially when treatment is drastic. But please, don't Google anything. If you are online to research, go only to what we call authority sites. There are two kinds of authority sites. There are some that are meant for professionals and there are some that are meant for everybody. You go to a place like WebMD, it's meant for everybody. Do you understand? And they will give you the... So don't go and you see one website, you know, uh, kindergartenblog.com and you are reading their talk on health. Group.com. You are reading their thoughts on health. Please, I'm begging you. If you want to take you know, health advice, and you have to go online, go to authority sites, places where the content is curated by professionals. There's a particular site I know, all right? When you get there, they'll select, are you a professional or are you a patient? Or you are a member of the general public? Are you a patient? There's one or two um, choices. There's about two or three options. Depending on what you click, the same topic, the thing will just change. They tailor down the deep language and they make things simple for the general person. That's just an aside, okay? Please, stop drinking and swallowing things that lay people who are more confused than you are giving to you. Never refer yourself. As they say, I am going abroad. If no doctor told you to go abroad, you are wasting your time. The doctors locally, they know, see, they know everything the guys who are going to see abroad no, Every single thing. The only difference that sometimes we tell you, we don't have this equipment. This drug is not licensed in Nigeria. This drug is difficult to get over here. Then you discuss with them, and they let you know where you can go. What People just go blindly. And like I said here, look, some of these countries are doing their own business. They will never say, don't come. Please, that's an aside. That's advice for everybody. Stop beating around the bush, grasping at every straw just because you are sick and you're afraid to die. Use that energy to go to church. What I always advise do, that's all you do. Look, go and meet a reasonable professional that's a specialist locally. Talk to two or three of them, no problem. Balance their opinions. If you're thinking of asking, do you think I should go out? They will let you know. On the side, all right. Now, where I was going is that so many people who claim they are believing God, they are not. And that's what causes problems. If you are believing God, I want to know how you are believing God. There is a how. Lying down at home and doing nothing is not believing God. It can be carelessness. It can be a sign of hopelessness. How am I believing God? Solomon said prophetically, In chapter 4, my son, attend to my, the book of Proverbs, chapter 4. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Because they are life to those who find them. And medicine to all their flesh. To those who do what? Find them. Go and look for the word. Like I said last time. Don't just focus your energy on I want to get it," I want to get healed. Focus on Christ Jesus. That is believing God. So let's focus on this teaching of the law of faith. So, in the book, um, We Walk by Faith, I explained that faith is a thinking process, a thinking pattern. So, first of all, this is the law of faith. Recognize that nothing on this earth is physical. I said last time, serpents bite. That's why we keep on giving this information. Know that serpents bite. They exist. But there is a higher serpent that has been hung on the pole, which if you look at attentively, expectantly, with a steady and absorbing gaze, you will be healed. Understand that life is truly spiritual. That's the law of faith. What happened to this woman? She had tried everything. How did she come to the position of faith? I'll give you two reasons. Number one, not clearly stated in scripture, both of them, but you read in between the lines, you find them. It's from understanding I'm telling you what I'm saying. I wrote in that book, Walk by Faith. Number one, she had been baptized by John. That was where she received the spirit of faith. This woman was baptized by John. This woman went to John. When John was saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And over the last few meetings, I've been been emphasizing That when you have been forgiven, affliction is oppression. Remember that. So you also must recognize that you have been forgiven if you're a believer. Things that God gives to believers, many times we have to fight for. They don't come to you automatically. Number one key to fighting for your rights and privileges in Christ, okay, is knowledge. Is knowledge. That's why it's good you continually come to hear the word. It's good you take a book and read. It's good you study your scriptures. It's good you continually hear teachings of the word. If you're one of those kingdom watch Chat groups, you no, know, I told them Judah now to follow the book I was talking about. I just looked for it and found it in Him by Kennedy Hagin. One small book, very small. All right, I saw it in the PDF copy. I said, oh good, we just fold it around. Everybody, please, if you find it, just take it. It's just scriptures and confessions. Scriptures and confessions. Read the scriptures, confess those things to yourself. Read those verses of scripture. Confess those things to yourself. What you are in Christ Jesus. What you are through Christ Jesus. What God did for you in him. That's why the title of the book is In Him. This woman went for the baptism of John. She was baptized. You have repented of your sins. You have given your life to Christ. You also have been forgiven. That's how it starts. It's the law of faith you recognize that this is not about genes. Genes, Abnormal genes is a serpent. This is not about an infection. Infection is a serpent. All these serpents we are talking about, they are subject to the serpent on the pole. How do you kill the poison, the toxin of this serpent? By keeping your eyes on the one that's on the pole. That is Christ Jesus. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, John chapter 3 tells us, so will the son of man be lifted up. So that whosoever believes will in him have eternal life. That is the law of faith. For you to continually say, in him I have eternal life. So look, your faith must be exercised. Spiritual things are exercised. Even physical things, you know, anything you don't exercise, dies. If you don't exercise your brain, it dies. It does. One of the ways to keep yourself... He said, Pastor, you want to digress, yes. As a Christian, eh, if you want to keep yourself from having dementia, there are two things you must do. Now, please, what I'm preaching is for believers. If you're not a believer, I don't know what your problem is. So. Don't come and meet me. I did not walk. I wasn't talking to you. You were over here, you were eavesdropping when family people were talking. For those of us who are in Christ Jesus, dementia is not our portion. The word of God makes it clear that even if we are old, we will be full of sap. We will never be dry sticks. We will always be green. I hope you're getting my point. We will always be flexible. Even our brains will be flexible. I hope you're getting my point. Now, how do you ensure? Now that you have the fundamental truth, you have the fundamental principle of life, which you have from Christ Jesus. How do we nurture it? Two things if you don't want to ever have dementia. Number one. Always keep the brain busy. Read. Read scripture. Read books. Be enlightened. Keep the brain working. And number two, always have social relationships. If you are too big to go to church, you will have dementia. I hope you're getting my point. You know I know what I'm telling you. You know I will not like to. <laughs> Do those two things. You'll be a hundred years old. You, will never, you, ne- you won't forget anything. All the Alzheimer plaques will not happen in your head. Say amen. amen. I pray for somebody listening to me that he's been telling that you are having dementia. I command that I bring to wake up in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Himself took your infirmities and your diseases. I declare to you by his stripes you have been healed. Amen. I say by his stripes you have been healed. Amen. And no one listening to me today will ever have dementia. Amen. If you are a believer and you ever heard this message, has ended dementia possibility in your life. Yeah. Two things you will do. That's Keep reading. Keep reading. Keep you No. Know, listen to things. Study continually. Even if you are ninety-seven, if you have one young preacher who's only thirty-five, he's preaching something good. Say, get me his book. Take it and read it. Read a story. Read stories to your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. Recall things that happened before. Keep the brain exercised. The way God designed this our bodies, our lives, it has to be exercised. And one major way you exercise the brain is social relationships. Some people are just angry all the time. Have you seen people like that before? They wake up in the morning, they are angry with the president. When they finish with the president, they are angry with the governor when they finish with that they are, who angry remember my father and you know, I angry with my father and law and they finish oh their wife come they'll be angry with their wife turn around angry with their first son last daughter just angry with everybody so people take pride in being angry I've seen them before so I see it's a sign of manhood at the vex <laughs> <laughs> they're just angry they're just angry they stand here now ah, why is Uche holding that cutting like that can't they hold it with the left hand and bend the shoulder like this they have an explanation for a way something can be done better every time. You give them food. How can you serve white rice in a brown plate? Eat the rice now. No, 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 no. Let's, let's get it clear. You practice a bad thing from the time, from time you are young. It's not good. You know what happens to you if you are like that? When you are old, nobody will talk to you. They will always find an excuse to avoid you. When you are coming this way, they will go that way. They are in a hurry. There are 20 people around. They, they have a good excuse not to notice you. If they come the inside a car with tinted glass, you don't know who they are the ones. Zoom, they zoom past. Greet you for what? Who's looking for trouble? According to Mike Muddock, it would be perverse for a man to pursue pain. Talking to you is painful. Ask yourself why am I like that? Some people eh? they like to bear bad news. Now, I told you, I have classmates, we chat. <laughs> I saw Indonesia had a, a, a earthquake yesterday or the before yesterday. So, I just went to my class chat. I called my guys. I said, oh boy, no news from Indonesia for us. <laughs> I know the only thing that ever contributes is bad news. When I asked him, of course, within five minutes, he posted the earthquake. Head- <laughs> Within five minutes, he had posted the earthquake from Indonesia. So I said, thanks, Calamity News Network. <laughs> CNN. <laughs> no, it's not, a good, it's not a good life to have. It's not. When you see, when you see um, videos where they kill people, stop forwarding it. What are you achieving? What are you achieving? And let them know what's, that this society is dangerous. Is that news? When you see such things, why don't you add a comment to it? Have respect over the covenant, O God. For the dark places of the earth are filled with the habitations of cruelty. Give me a scripture for people to use to pray. Forwarding that they kill somebody. Let me tell you the truth, they kill people every day, all over the world. I'm not the one that will be informing you. But if I hear that somebody was delivered by God from danger, I will post that one. You know why? How lovely on the mountains, at the feet of those who bear glad tidings. That's an aside. So, please, I'm telling you things on how to have and how not to have dementia. If you are quarrelling with everybody, you will have dementia. Your brain won't work again. I hope you're getting my point. You know, there are some habits some of us had as children when we we're young. Did it ever happen to you, as you are grown up as a young man? They now want to give you the impression that listen. It's only girls or women that have time for party. Did you get that impression? They are doing wedding, birthday. You are going to the workshop. Don't have time for those things. I was like that too. I read my scripture. I said, it's not not good. It's against the will of God. You must rejoice with those who rejoice. If your neighbor is doing baby dedication, jump over the fence, enter the place. Where's the baby? Bring a small gift. Sit down. Eat, drink, dance. When they are dancing, they even really don't, they don't—they are playing the language. you Don't understand. Shake body. Now you are—you are driving the measure into the Atlantic. So people are always serious. You never find a way people are laughing. We we'll pass through that phase in life in which spiritual people don't laugh. This world is too serious. <laughs> I had a friend like that on campus. Everybody in their face, you're afraid of him. If somebody says, today, somebody's birthday, whoo, 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 the way who eye you. <laughs> you drop your hand immediately. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? They were trying to be spiritual. You made them God didn't speak to them more than us. That's what I found out. I know if the others were like, that. So Today, they, they, are not preaching. I'm preaching. No, that, you know this life is so funny. All those that are drinking, they do like they don't. You can't smile. You got all spiritual. You got focused. Eh, they're going to look for money. <laughs> see, there's a reason why you see me. I'm not impressed by all these hyper spiritual people. You know why? I've seen them plenty. You know when you are young, they impress you, and they hold your hand. Hmm. How were you? Listen, they have held my hand, they have held my head, they have held me. Some of them when they see you, they hug you like this. Oh cash off, what I am. I have seen all types. So when you start doing spirit, that's why I'm looking at you. I'm just thinking of and so that I get do spiros, pero a believer. that's it. That's like I'm thinking about this. If I get away with your spirituality, it's just, here yeah, what. What I They say, laugh. It's in the scriptures like that. A merry heart does good like medicine. Rejoice those that rejoice. God had to command, rejoice. What did Paul say? Rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice. How about? Sometimes make noise. What's going on? Me say, I don't know, just make noise. I told one lady in my office those days. And then she comes. Good afternoon, sir. I said, what is your problem? And they said that uh, uh, my stomach is distending into your balls. I said, nothing is wrong with you. God, I can have one week leave. There's no problem. Don't die in my presence. Go on your one week leave. And that day she came. They said, I have cancer of the ovary. I looked at this girl. I said, who said so? I went to do scan. She showed me the report. I said, That's what they said. I said, Okay, you want to hear from me? There's nothing wrong with you. You don't have cancer in the ovary. Ah, that the family said she has to go to India. I said, Which doctor is referring you? Eh, no. And her mother said, ah, Okay, okay, sorry. I said, I'm sorry. You're okay, you okay. Can I take my leave? Take your leave. I prove the leave. After a long time, he came back. What happened? And they said that there's nothing there. I said there's no problem in my mind. This girl, you go to see something. One day I call him. I said, come, let me tell you, okay? Come, come, come. I said, you know your problem. I said, which church you go to? Church is a Catholic. I said, all right. This one that's doing you Catholicism is no good for you. You need to go to Winners. Why? I said, they do, they, they jam on Sunday morning. Winners, luwe, 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 luwe. I said, I. Said, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you what I told her. I said, so, I said, yeah, Catholic, go for 5 a.m. mass. They had described where Winners was down the road. Go for 7 o'clock service. I said, go there and dance away your trouble. Praise God, praise God. She didn't do as I said. Feels down the line, she now literally had breast cancer. I said, yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. I said, the way you have been going, you've been looking for the sickness here and there for a long time. She does now come now. See, all these people wake up in the morning, just jump, run to hospital. You know, if you don't go, you still will not die. Those who went, they will still die. Everybody is going to die. And Solomon said, everybody will die. He said, those who are careful, they die. Those who are not careful, they die. He said, so what's not the use of being careful? If you have any friend that's always frowning, give him notice. See, I have one more month to be your friend. After that, this frown, fran- before you infect me with this, your depressed spirit I won't talk to you again. Rejoice. Again, I say, rejoice. He said, clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It's a commandment. Somebody can read in commandments that shall not steal. If you obey, that shall not steal, but you forget to obey, clap your hands. You're a sinner. I went to that trying to talk about what? How not to have dementia. Let me get back to my message because I have a lot to say. My time is short. And I will say everything. He said, Quench not the Spirit. I obey the word of God in every ramification. You believe that? I must obey. Thank you. (laughs) The Lord is good. So, what is the law of faith? The law of faith is that look, stop thinking the way the earth thinks. He said, Man does not live by bread alone. So, the physical things they tell you. Eat well, balance your diet, exercise. They're not bad, but they're not the focus. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, shall a man live? That's why I said at the beginning, with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing will be impossible. There is nothing that is incurable with God. Nothing. It's a way of thinking. And please, let me add this one to it. Don't wait till you have serious problems to start thinking it. Think it now that you, are, you don't have an issue. Think it while you are healthy. And if you do have an issue, think it also. I said, faith has to be exercised. And that's, that's why I went into that digression. Exercise your faith by thinking. And please, read books that tell stories. I told that woman had two reasons. You know, I said, why she believed, why she had faith. I gave number one, which is what? The baptism of John. Which is where you get the spirit of faith from. Without the baptism of John, she would not have had the spirit of faith. Without that baptism of John, she would not have had the spirit of faith. What is that spirit of faith? Is that thing that gives you the ability to believe. It describes the, the Pharisees, the, the lawyers, or, and the Sadducees. Yes. They frustrated the counsel of God for their lives, not having been baptized by John. If you have not gone for repentance, you have not gone for forgiveness, you have not given your life to Christ, you can't believe for healing. His ability that God gives when he breathes upon you, receive new life. Receive the spirit of God. Receive that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. That's one of the things he's giving you, the ability to believe. Number one reason. Please read in that book. I talked about the extensively in that book. We walk by faith. Number two reason. Why she believed. The Bible says that when she heard of Jesus, she heard about Jesus. She heard the stories about Jesus. She heard the testimonies about Jesus. She heard of that widow whose son died. The widow of nine. And Jesus stopped the procession and spoke to the dead boy. And he got up and he lived. She heard stories of how Jesus went to a pool. Because that man went around broadcasting the whole thing. She heard of Jesus. Now, what she heard, because she had the spirit of faith, gave her faith. I hope you get my point. Why am I talking about that? You too. Pay attention to stories. Read books. Read testimonies. I know these days, people have corrupted testimonies. They lie to use to raise money. Pray that God will not lead you to fake stories. But, you know, A beautiful collection to read is all the stories by, there are two people I will talk about, which will help us to read them in the stories. Read the story of, um, what's the name of that woman, you read her book, sweetheart. That book that's at the foot of the bed. Catherine Kuhlman, read Daughter of Destiny. That's a biography actually. I believe in miracles. She has a number of them which she compiled stories. Now, why do I like her stories? I'll tell you. Because, you see, her stories, all of them were investigated. People will testify when she's ministering. Oh, I came all the way from Ohio. And then when, you were, when you, I was sitting over there, and then when you said this, I got healed. They will give the testimony. But for it to enter her book, a number of conditions were fulfilled. One, they had to investigate the story. They would talk to the doctor, talk to neighbors, people that really know. Then number two, the person must have continued as a believer. There was a particular woman that got dramatically healed. As soon as she was healed, she went back, put up her makeup, and went to party, went to club, went back to living like an unbeliever. The story was removed. Even though it was authentic, Genuine, verifiable. Yet, but because her life afterwards did not depict Christ, they pulled the story from the collection. That's why I like books like that. I don't know the name of many of our books, and I just remember I believe in miracles. There are a number of them, which they just compiled different testimonies. I read them once in a while, different testimonies. If I wonder that struck me, I won't give you details. it was because, as a professional, because I'm a pathologist. When she mentioned the particular disease, polyarthritis nodosa, it struck me. I said, what? And that, that girl got it as a spirit floated by her and touched her. And that's it, afflicted her. I think it's only in Nigeria where you see witchcraft. The mother was into, into the occult. She tried to run away. They pursued her into one church. She went to sit in one church. The English church would protect her. From that, from the front of the church, two figures floated past. One of them touched the girl. The girl got a disease that doctors could not treat. She got healed in one of Catherine Kuhlman's meetings. That's why, see, Paul said we are comforted in our afflictions so that when we meet those who are similarly afflicted, we are able to comfort them with the same comfort with which we are comforted. That's why if I have troubles, I testify. I don't pretend like I, nothing ever goes wrong in my life. I don't. I will tell you this happened. This was how I prayed. This is how God answered me. When you hear those stories, note them down. The reason why I tell those stories is so that you will know. Even with my children, like yesterday, I was driving them home. I tell them stories in the car. I say they're different with God answer, answers their prayers. I took one, one small thing that afflicted me. Very small, not a big deal. I won't tell you about it, but very small. I you how God just healed it for me. I said, I just I said, God, this thing has to go away. And the Holy Spirit now told me something. I knew it was Holy Spirit because of how it worked out later. I was just sharing it with them in the car. I said, so, pray about everything. So I'm recommending the woman's book. Read that. It will boost your faith, especially for divine healing. John Graham Lake, read his books. Oh, if you listen to Kenne Hagen tell some stories. Even his son one day had to go home and tell the mother all them tales that he tells when he's preaching, are they really true or he's just preaching? Because some of them are so profound, the young man found it hard to believe. They are true, credible stories. Read the story of John Alexander Dowie. Read the story of, um, what's his name, Archbishop Benson Idahosa. Fire in his bones. Read those stories. You will know that indeed, God works miracles. I hope you are getting my point. I could continue giving different... I mean, okay, I I should mention this while I go. It's old now, but the two books are there. The Gentle Breeze of Jesus and Like a Mighty Wind by Meltari. Read those books. Fill your head with them. Champion of the Faith by John Alexander Dawood or the book of John Alexander Dawood. That's the name of the book by Gunnar these are things you keep on reading. You fill your head with the knowledge of the spiritual. So that you start thinking, he said, when she heard of Jesus, they kept on telling her story. That's the law of faith. That is the law of faith. That's how it works when it comes to healing. I'd like to go over this again. If you have given your life to Christ, you have been forgiven. Amen. For everyone who has been forgiven, every affliction is what? Oppression. What's the significance of that? You have the authority in the name of Jesus to rebuke it and command it to go. Because we heard of Jesus, how God anointed him, and he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. I took time out to explain the meaning of oppression. Oppression is affliction in the life of the person that has been forgiven. If you have been forgiven, give me an amen. Amen. So that's the first law. That's the first law. The law of what? Faith, the law of faith. The second one is the law of process. Romans chapter 8. The law of process. Ah, no, I said the first one, eh? After each one, let's take some confession. Say, is, say after I'm saying the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus I, have been I have been forgiven. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus I, have I have been washed. In the name of Jesus. In the of Jesus. the, of the Jesus. blood of Jesus has cleansed me. All my, All my sins have been forgiven. Himself took my infirmities. Took my infirmities. He, took my he took away my diseases. By his stripes, by his stripes I, have been I have been healed. Say, by his punishment, by his punishment I, have been I have been delivered. Therefore, every affliction, Therefore, every affliction in, my body, in my body is oppression. is subject to the mercy in the name of Jesus. Say, right now, I invoke that name upon myself. myself. And I command every affliction, every every oppression, oppression. be gone in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Jesus. With God, God, nothing will be impossible. With God, God, no disease is incurable. incurable. Say with with my God, there is nothing too difficult to do says, says, he's, he's the God of all flesh. And nothing will be too difficult for him, to for, him to for him to do. Nothing is impossible for him to do. No matter the disease. No matter the, disease, no matter the affliction. No affliction. Say, he, he that raised Lazarus from the dead. Is raising me also from affliction. Is taking me off the bed of affliction. Say, I believe. Say, Lord I, Lord, I believe. Say, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Say it again, Lord I, Lord, I believe. I believe you are the healer. I believe you love me. I say, I believe, me. I believe you love me. Let me say that to you. Do you know God loves you? Do you know God loves you? Yes, and there's no pain you feel He does not feel. That's the truth. If your leg is paining, you, is paining Him too. That's the principle of, of redemption he has to be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. I used to believe those days that Jesus never felt sick when he was alive. Until the day you told me that Zakuna said it's not true. And then I went and thought about it also. I said, hey, 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 it can't, it can't be true. No. Now, it didn't force it the way you and I felt sick. Or. Many of us think he, all the, he bore our sin only on the cross. No. He began to bear our problems as he was walking towards the cross. I'm convinced there were nights. Peter and Co. will go and buy bad food from the market, rotten fish. They will give him to eat, say is ma- his the master, nothing will do him. And you know the truth? Nothing will have done him, like we say. It was not supposed to afflict him. But then the father will say, in the year 2022, in November in Enugu, one of these my daughters will not be able to sleep. Because he ate something bad. How will you pray if you don't know? So Jesus will eat fish. And the father will say, don't worry about it. but just know how it is. And his stomach will pain him. And he will not be able to sleep. And after a while, the father will say, it is enough. He had to tell them that no one takes my life from me. I lay it down by myself. One of the things that God has helped me with, once in a while I have some issues. The other day, I had to pray by it. it, took me about two days. In fact, my wife was like, like she said, this is your sickness, won't it go away? He said, is there another one? I said, who told that one has been cured yet? Because she came the day before, I said, "Me, I wasn't feeling well today. So next day, she came and I said, today I didn't feel very well. She said, ah, wait, you were not well yesterday. Another one today? I said, it's the same one, just has not gone finished." We were joking about it. My sinuses were congested. I think, I think I finished preaching. I went somewhere. No, went out together, the whole family. When I got home, to bend down to pick something from the foot of my bed, I almost fell over. As my head began to spin, so I just lay still, I began to pray. Of course, that one stopped that day. By the next day, I felt a bit on wedding. The following day, I was now perfectly fine. This is where I'm going. This is how I handle things. So that day, Of course, it wasn't a terrible thing, so I was just confessing the word of God and believing God. Now, why am I talking about sinus? I'll tell you why I'm talking about sinus. I know where the sinuses are. Your head has many sinuses. Right here, there are two, there's, this, there's one here, there's one here, a one here, a one here. And there's one at the bottom, right behind your nose. Like if I take Byron and I shook inside your nose, the whole length, the back of it will enter one sinus. And I think that was the one that was disturbing me. Of course, I, I prayed about it. I gave the Lord things. It cleared at the following day. In fact, it was today, okay, when I was coming today. No, when I was going to it took in the morning as I was driving, I realized that, oh, before that, I had to keep away from my air conditioner. All right. I said, Oh, this is not even clear, I didn't even remember. I just forgot about it. Now but that day, this is how I handle things. Because I was thinking of that let me not give you big words, that one at the back. Because of my experience at the work and all of that, I said, God, ordinary signos, nine person they feel like this. And I know it will go. I know you are healing it. I began to think. I said, I know people that that is where their cancer chose to grow, and it's not planning to go away. Sometimes I say every day, so it's not uh, there. You know, sometimes you are driving in traffic. Those people are using sickness to beg in traffic, no doctor gives them money. We're well, not hundred percent. You know why? There is nothing you are showing in traffic. They have not seen at work. See, you know, some people say, oh, 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 I have seen worse and more terrible things. This is where I'm going. You know what I do? At that one I knelt do. down again. I began to pray for those who have problems deep in the bottom of their brain, at the bottom of their skull. And there is nothing anybody can do about it. So I got on my knees again. I began to pray for such people. As I got to say, Jesus Christ. There was a day, some, I think about two years ago, a year and a half ago, thereabouts. That's how I woke up on the night, and my stomach was hurting. I don't know what I ate or something. Ah, again, you know, I just said this thing will pass. Just a few minutes, I will be fine. I wake up in the morning, I'll be good. I didn't have any doubt in my mind. I prayed about it, but I, I said, God, but there are people for whom this will not go away. For which the doctors have no cure. Again, I got on my knees. I forgot my trouble and began to pray for them. He said, Lord, let's forget me for a moment. One day, one of my colleagues sent something out. Very, very painful picture. He said, if you think you have troubles, look at this picture. In that picture, a five-year-old girl was consoling this four-year-old brother who was throwing up into the toilet because he's taking chemotherapy for cancer. Because he is taking chemotherapy for cancer. So the five-year-old girl was, you know, concerning the four-year-old brother who was throwing up in the toilet. Somebody took a picture of it. and said, if you think you have problems, take a look. So, everyone won't let go of sleep because they want to rent a bigger house. Meanwhile, everything is working. Your head is working. Eyes are working. Nose is working. Swallow is working. Please, may your swallow continue to work. <laughs> Everything is working here. He won't let go of sleep. He doesn't want to sleep. Thank God. He won't let everyone rest because he wants a bigger house. Sometimes think about other people's struggles. I'm just pray for them. Just spend that energy. Now, I went to all of that time to say something. I understood that Jesus had to go through all of these things. So, anytime you feel pain, you do know want to know the truth? He feels pain. He does. He does feel pain. Right now, he doesn't feel his own pain. Is your pain he's feeling. Is my pain he's feeling. Yes? And it gives him joy when you get well. So I've realized, if anything is not working well, it's never his problem, I have to ask God, what is going on? Because I found out that he delights in making sure I fully recover. When I regain strength, he also smiles. That's the truth. That's the kind of person he is. The Bible says he is mindful of you. Look, that's how look, that's how you must reason. Don't I feel like God, have you forgotten? He can't forget you. He said, Can a woman forget her suckling child? Okay, even though they may forget, he said, I will never forget you. That's the God we are dealing with, so that's the Jesus we are dealing with. Bear that in mind. That's the law of faith we are talking about. That is the law of what? Faith. All right, next law. The second law is the law of process, Romans chapter 8. One we have read here several times. Romans chapter 8. For time's sake, we won't read too many of the verses. He said in verse um, 10, if Christ is in you, though the body is so I'm going to amplify it as I go on to save time. Though the body is subject to death and affliction and troubles because of sin, yet because you have righteousness and you have been forgiven, the spirit will give it life. He said, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus, the Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. Now, why did I read this? Now okay, let me see verse twelve. Let's do verse twelve. So then, brethren, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But if you are living according he said, for if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit, that spirit there is referring to the regenerated spirit that God has placed inside you, by and by the feeling of the anointing of Christ, you are putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Please, I want to understand. Being led here doesn't mean the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Go left, go right. It means that you have a new nature now, and that is what is driving you. We've talked about that in the book, Guided by the Spirit. I explained that one inside there. Now, why I read this? You will see that you see the body is subject to death. In the same way, it said the Spirit is giving it life because of righteousness. Now, The emphasis here, that's the name of the law? The law of what? Process. The law of process. Life is working. Somebody who's subject to death does not die suddenly one day. Adam lived for a long time after God said that day you will surely die, physically speaking. In the same manner, it is not every time that you get uh, instantaneous supernatural healing. Many times, it's a process. Like I was telling you earlier, that a few days ago, I don't know if I something last week, I was that it was today that I remembered. As I was just drive, I said, oh, if it was just a few days ago, I'll have had to put off this AC or shield my nose with a mask so that the dry air will not congest my airways. But then, it's gone. Many times, people just think that overnight, a miracle must occur. It may happen, and it does happen. But it's not all the time. Whatever happens, you never lose faith because it did not happen urgently. I hope you're getting my point. That's what I mean by recognizing that law of process. And what should be most important to every believer is that, you know, I like the way he said, he said, if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the flesh. So you see, regularly you are putting to death the deeds of the body. In the same manner, the Spirit is working on a daily basis to give you life. One of the things that used to shake people's face is that when we're young, you start believing God for divine help. Then one day you get sick, you now feel like, ah, this is not working. No, it doesn't mean it's not working. It means, like one man said in one video, it means we will do it again. I hope you're getting my point. The righteous man falls how many times. Now, let me tell you, it's not just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He will just say, he can't fall so well. (laughs) He said, but no matter how hard he falls, the Lord will raise him up. I hope you're getting my point. Asa believed God, and for 35 years there was peace. Th- is it 34 or 35 years? In the 35th year of his reign, then trouble came. What was he supposed to do? Activate that faith that had become redundant, that had become dormant in his life. But instead of, instead of doing that, he went for the arm of flesh. And that was where his troubles began. I hope you're getting my point. We're talking about the law of process, the emphasis there is that it's not every time that things happen instantly, but recognize that there's a spirit working in you and is giving life to your, to your mortal body. So declare after me, saying the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus I, have I have that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. From the dead. I, have I have that spirit that being in him, that being in him, death, could no him in death could no longer hold him in his power. Therefore he rose again from the dead. Therefore he rose again from say that spirit, the dead. Me, that spirit is in me, giving life to my mortal body. Now, say this at least five times. Say, in me, in me life is working. Life is say working. that at least four more times. In me, life, life, is in in me, life, life is working. In me, life is working. In me, life is in working. Mind. One more time. In, in me, life, life, is life is working. Say, the spirit, the spirit of Christ is giving life to my mortal body. Life to my mortal the, the spirit of Christ is working on my skin. On my skin. The spirit of Christ, spirit of Christ is working on my intestines. The spirit of Christ, spirit of Christ is, causing of is causing every part of me to wake up. Say in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. What, was dead what was dead is getting life. Is getting life. What was sick, what was sick is, being is being healed. Say in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. Those, kidneys, Those kidneys, they are waking up. Say in the name of Jesus. Now I want you to pray for if somebody. Everyone listening, everyone listening to this. You are prophesying. Prophesy with me. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Everyone listening to this, listening to this life, is life is working in you now. Say, Your kidneys will wake up, your will wake up. say, your brain, will wake up. your brain will wake up, say, Those eyes, those eyes they, will they will see again in the name of Jesus. Name of say, Jesus. say, No matter the cause of the troubles, we prophesy the word of God as a believer in Christ Jesus. In, Christ Jesus in, you, in you, life is working. Now, you're going to say that with me five more times. Now, say, In you, life is working. Life is working. Life is working. Life is working. One more time. Life is working. Say, In the name of Jesus. We receive the blessing. For everyone who will believe, life is working. Take a moment and give the Lord thanks for somebody. Thank God for somebody with cancer has been healed. Thank God. There are people who have hidden problems. They have been healed. An impotent man is being killed. Yes, I'm telling you. Life is working. It's working. The law of process. In the name of Jesus. I went to minister somewhere in Lagos about two years ago now. Uh, more than that, time flies now. Yeah, this was, yeah more than that. I finished teaching, and the woman came to see me afterwards and gave me her testimony. I like to tell that testimony, two of them, two different women. One said that in my family, I think we have five children, her father, her mother, and I think five children. They're all grown up. I mean, that woman will be in her 40s the time we're speaking. he said everybody's hypertensive. Everybody's taking antihypertensive drugs in their family. The father, the mother, and all her siblings, apart from her. She said, I'm the only one in my family that does not take antihypertensive drugs. If it's gene, she has it. Does she not have it? Papa gets high blood pressure. Mama get high blood pressure. Bros get high blood pressure. Sis get high blood pressure. Both senior and junior. She just sandwiched somewhere in the midst of all these people. And now she never had high blood pressure. That is, she never had to take medicine. Why? Why? She said, what she used to do? She used to check, check her blood pressure also. And once she finds that it has gone up, she'll go and lie down and pray, say, Lord, what's going on? And she begin to pray and say, Lord, are there burdens on my heart? And she will obey scripture. Say, I will cast all my burdens upon the Lord and I will pray, confess scripture. So after some time, I check again, it has gone down. It will remain down. He said, if it ever goes up again, I go through that process again. He said, Pastor, that is how come in my family, I am the only person that does not take drugs or high blood pressure. The same time, another woman came to me because I finished preaching like this. She said, Sir, let me give you my testimony. What happened? She said she developed arthritis in her foot. So she went to see the doctor. And the doctor wrote a prescription for her. And something told her in her, Once you start, you don't know where you're going to stop. So she reasoned. She said, No, let me go and pray. So she took time out to go and pray. You know, I tell, look, when you say you're believing God, how are you believing God? She literally went on a retreat. She carried her Bible, some books, and traveled from home. Told her family, I'll be back. Give me a few days. Somewhere, not too far from central Lagos there, but other Lagos or State, a retreat camp. She went there, took a room to stay there for a few days to meditate and pray. So the night she got there, they, they have a service in their chapel. So she went, joined the service in the chapel. And the man teaching just gave a word of knowledge but the woman that was there who had something in her foot and that the Lord said that he had healed her. So she received it as her own. I'm talking about the law of process. The pain did not go. She stayed there for three days, fasting and praying, and the pain didn't go away. But then she knew she was healed. So she packed. Her at the, but after the third day of her retreat, she took her Bible and everything and came back home. And she was limping a bit because the pain was really intense. And she kept on limping next day. Then one day she was walking around the house, then she stopped. And did not know the day she stopped limping. She couldn't point her finger to the day she stopped. She said, She just looked back and said, Wait, oh. Hey, I had this issue some, some days ago. That she didn't even know the day. <laughs> you know, the way God does it. She didn't know the day it stopped. She knew the day it started. She knew she went for retreat. She knew what God said to her through that man who was preaching. She knew what she was believing. She knew when she came back. And that day after she came back, she went to work and like she was limping around. That's last she remembered. The day it started, she could not remember. She said, Pastor, that's how I got healed. I never had to take one of those tablets prescribed by that doctor. She said, some week, other weeks or months later, she woke up in the morning, she started again. She said, There's no problem. She went through the whole. She didn't travel this time around for a retreat, but she just took her Bible again and began to pray and confess the word. And then she woke up next day and then she forgot to get her way to. I thought this pain wanted to come, but it has gone. And she told me, She said, Since then, till now, Pastor, I have been totally well. This so is I went to preach in Lagos. This is about three years. I should be up to three years now. Somebody said, The law of process. The law of process. Declare concerning yourself He you Say, in me, in me, life is working. Life is working. Say, that same spirit. That same spirit that I raised Jesus from the dead, is giving life to my mortal body. I feel like we take a minute. Pray for a loved one. Just take a minute. Who you know has a particular problem. Just take a minute and ask the Lord. Don't rebuke. Don't cast out. No. I said pray. I found out scripture. From scripture, one time you are pray, you must be addressing God. So make intercession on somebody's behalf. Pray that somebody will not cast away faith. Because once they cast away faith, God may want to heal. But he can't. Pray that God will heal a loved one. In the name of Jesus we have prayed. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take the third law, the law of desire. Mark chapter 10, quickly. is an extension of the law of faith, but let's just mention it. Again, I think I should probably should I have added this one as number two, but it's good. Let's just talk about it now. It's an extension of the law of faith. Mark chapter 10. I said something the other time, and that's what I'm going to emphasize now. That let's not get used to bad things. So the story of the pastor wanted to pray for somebody. And the person said, <laughs> he has one problem in the neck, one in the leg. He declared four different serious afflictions in his body. And I said, the pain in the neck is the one that really hurts me. If God can just take that one away, then I can manage the other three. And the man said, I understand. I think we have to limit our request. Because if God heals all parts of your body, power in heaven may go out. That you will draw so much power, they won't have light in heaven again. Of course, he was being, he was being sarcastic. So what if he said, the man looked at him and said, I think that was very stupid. He said, yes, of course it was very stupid. If God can heal your neck, why can't he just go ahead and heal every part of it? They are every part of you. <laughs> and as I talk about the law of desire, law number three, Mark chapter 10. My children and I were still discussing yesterday, are reminded of Ben Carson. Poor mother, single mother. A young, poor, single mother. Mother of two children. And he said to the, the mother, black people, that time in America, life was hard. He said, do you think I can be a doctor work? I can be a missionary? That's what he desired. And the mother said, you can be anything you want. All we have to do is what? Ask God for it. I never forget that. Thing. When Cassie's mother said to him, we can, you can be anything you want. All we need to do is ask God for it. The young little black boy became arguably the, one of the most famous doctors America ever produced. At the age of 33, he became the chief of pediatric neurosurgery in one of the America's no, top hospitals, Johns Hopkins. And then, after he performed a heroic surgery, for one reason or the other, they had, they, their, their big chief said, hey, you you will lead the press conference. Because it was a big surgery, the, the children flew in from Germany. They were joined, conjoined twins, joining the head, and no successful surgery like that had ever been performed on the earth. So they plotted the surgery, and he was actively involved as the head of pediatric neurosurgery. So he was the center of it. So he's the head of their whole, department. No, the whole that segment of the hospital. said, okay, you lead the, That's all. You lead the conference. So the day the pressmen came for the conference of that successful, unique surgery, everybody was surprised. In Johns Hopkins, that one young black surgeon was the one that took the podium and was addressing everybody and answering questions. Instant stardom. It became a star instantly. How did it happen? You know, that, you, know you have to understand, most of us in Nigeria, we don't understand racism. Because the only racism you know is that an Ambrama does not like the Nugu That's the only thing you know. <laughs> you, 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 you don't know more than that. All of you are the same color. You are the same. You speak the same language. But you just said that you are from beside the river. We are from the upper course of the river, and that that's, that's the. Co- For them, no, it's much is far is much more than that. Ben cousin will tell you that. When they asked him about racism at work, he said, No, that he understands for people. That, yes, he experienced it once in a while, because as a young person, before everybody knew him. He said, But you can understand that it's not their fault. Like, as a resident doctor, when he came to Johns Hopkins to start working, he entered the ward one day to see a patient. And the nurse there looked and said, No, Mr. ABC is not ready. I assume it was an oddly that came to wheel it patient to theater. So he said, Just smiled and said, oh, sorry, ma'am, I didn't come for that. Please, I'm Dr. Carson. And the woman looked at the badge on his chest and she turned red with embarrassment. He had to be telling her, no, it's okay, it's okay. He said, look, you don't blame her. She has never seen a young black man as a resident in neurosurgery. Where is she going to see? So what do you expect her to think? That he didn't take it personal. And that the woman became his (laughs) loyalist. Or the rest of the whole, of course, she was always with him. It you know, supported him throughout. Why She was so embarrassed. So you can understand. Now, I painted that picture again for you to understand where he was coming from as a little boy when he made that request. My emphasis is that the mother said to him, you can be anything. All we need to do is ask God for it. I'm telling you, you can be healed of anything. All you need to do is ask God for it stop giving excuses. You know this one is genetic. You can be healed of what? Anything. Let's read it. Mark chapter 10. Please though, don't forget, even if it's something in the past, God can put his hand there, turn it for good. There, amen. amen. Let's read from verse 45. Mark chapter 10. No, from verse 46. Then they came to Jericho and as he was leaving Jericho, with his disciples, and a large crowd, that he was living Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but they kept crying out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and called him and said, "Call him here." So they called the blind man, saying to him, "Take courage, stand up. He is calling for you. Listen, call for Jesus." Those who are telling you to shut up, they are not now. Take courage. Can you imagine human (laughs) beings? Initially, they were telling him, "Look, look, my friend." They're sternly telling him to be quiet. That's what the Bible says. Now say, "Take courage." (laughs) When he had shouted them. Throwing his cloak aside in verse 50, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, which means my rabbi, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. Remember I said this is an extension of what? The law of faith. You know I said that? Again, Jesus said, your faith has made you well. But why did I read this? He was clear in his desire. He did not say, you know, I've been blind for so long. Why did Jesus ask that question? You know, it, for most of us, like, what kind of question is that? But I found out in this life, people often are not looking for the kind of solution you're offering. And Jesus knew. He so said, let me hear from your mouth. Because it could be that you doesn't give me much. Do you remember Judas? Maybe they said, Go and give 10 denarii to that uh, blind man. You just dropped one. The blind man looked and said, Jesus only do it like this. <laughs> you know that kind of thing? He said, Jesus only do it like this. They said, Have mercy on me. Where's my balance? <laughs> no, but what did he say? I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said, Good, for you are bold enough. To ask for a great thing. Not thinking that maybe I won't be able to do it. Your faith has made you well. Can you bow down your heads again and pray? You have a minute. Ask God for something great. Can be healing for yourself or for somebody who depends on you. Can be your wife, somebody who's connected to you, or very importantly for your children. Very importantly for your children. I know you have prayed for them before. It didn't work. They ended up in the hospital and they were there for three days. Ask God now. I want perfect healing in this area for my son. I want perfect healing for my daughter. Ask the Lord. Just ask. Don't speak a tongue. I don't want anybody here. No, I'm not saying tongue speak. Is, but speak what you want him to do. That's why I said, just a minute. Let's ra- begin to round it up. Just ask him. No matter how difficult it looks. And the doctor said that this womb can never carry children again. But Lord, I want to bear a child. It's just that simple. Just ask me for anything. Ask. All you need to do. You see, the boldness to ask God for a great thing is a sign of faith. That's why I said this should have been att- an addition to that one, law of faith. That's said, the law of desire. Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we are prayed. I said, We have how many laws? Five. Five. Let's go to number four. Watching our time. Next one is the law of obedience. The law of obedience. The law of obedience. What do I mean by the law of obedience? Let's go to the book of John chapter 9. We'll read that portion. It will help us. John chapter 9. I'm going to read from verse 1. The gospel of John chapter 9. As he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. And the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned this man or his parents that he will be born blind? And Jesus answered, it was neither that this man sinned. Not his parents. He said, but it was so that the, work, the works of God might be displayed in him. Now, please, I don't want to get into discussion on that, all right? But let's just jump that for now. Jesus was saying, because you have to understand the original Greek, there's not much, they didn't have command here and there. What Jesus said is that for the work of God to be displayed in him, he didn't answer the question of who sinned. One thing he said, it was not the man and it was not his parents. He said, but for the work of God to be displayed in him, we must walk the walks of him who sent me as long as it is day. So, Night is coming when no man can walk. He said, while well, I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to his eyes and said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went away and washed and came back saying, therefore, the neighbors and those who, were, who previously saw him as a beggar were saying, "Is not this the one who used to sit and beg?" Others said, "No, this is he." Others were saying, "No, it is not him, just like him." But he kept on saying, "I am the one." Now let me just stop reading here so as to save um, time. Again, you remember the story. Let me just quickly add this one to you. Okay, for time's sake, we won't read it. You know the story of Naaman? How many people remember the story of Naaman? Naaman, the what? Yeah, yeah the Syrian general who had leprosy. Yeah, you know the story of Naaman. Now, Naaman went to Elisha. Elisha did not bother to come out. He said, go and tell him to do what? Go to the Jordan River. Go there and go and wash. It was specific, and you had to wash how many times? Deep seven times. Seven times. And remember the story of Naaman. What did Naaman do? Naaman said, Now wow, insult nonsense upon ingredients. I thought he would come and wave his hand like me, Joshua, over the place. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Those guys are crazy. <laughs> you are like, like a magician. I hope you know that guy was a magician. I don't know whether you know kaya pella. Now when we are children. They used to do a lot of magic arts in Nigeria. They don't do that much anymore. You know, Television and YouTube have everything. When we were young, you had to go to shows. You had to go to cinemas. You had to go to theaters and all of that. Even in secondary school, they come to our halls to perform. So one major performing magician in Nigeria at that time was Professor Pella. Professor Pella had a son who also became a magician, Kari Pella. He's now a pastor. He's a bishop, all right? One day I read it. They were talking about our guy. Our guy in Lagos. He said, I can't understand people. He said, This is magic. Because he used to be a magician. He said, This man is practicing magic. He, said, he couldn't understand why people were getting carried away. He said, These are the things that my father used to teach us. These are the things my father used to do. That this is, he was giving us the names. That is all magic. And then we tell you why you the false prophet. Anyway, let's leave that <laughs> Anyway, that matter, don't go now. Because on Christians till now, the other day they are still confused. It's very exactly because one big man went and joined him to be doing the thing together. Let's leave that said. Let's preach the law of what? Obedience, obedience. The law of obedience. So the man said, I thought he would come with his hand over the place. But of course, the prophet did not do that. He said, go and dip seven times in the Jordan. There were other rivers they had. Okay? So well, you, know, you know the story. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. They tried to persuade him. He said, look, I have better rivers back in Syria, which will be better than this one. But he said, the prophet said, do what? Deep in the Jordan seven times. If he had asked to do something big, would you not have done it? See, what's not the big deal about this deep in the Jordan seven times? So the man went deep in the Jordan six times and nothing happened. They came out the seventh time. After the seventh dip, his skin became like that of a newborn baby. And they decided to start worshipping the God of Israel from that day. Now what I'm bringing out is the issue of what? Obedience. Many times in the course of healing, God will give specific instructions. They must be obeyed. When he gave instructions to Abraham, he rose up early in the morning. What kind of instructions does he give? There are, from experience, there are a number of them. Let me give an example. He said, Fools, because of their disobedience, are afflicted. You can find that if you read Psalm 107. He said, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. That's Psalm 107, verse 17. Many of the afflictions of believers come from disobedience. Paul says something in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. He said, For this cause many are sick amongst you, and many actually sleep, that is, pass on from this earth in death. Why he said because they don't rightfully descend what the body. Those who tolerate Jezebel. Jesus said, "I am going to do something to Jezebel." That's in Revelation. He said, "Not only will I cast her on the bed of her affliction; I will strike her children dead." Now, if you check it, what he was saying that everybody who's following her are subject to that kind of treatment from the hands of the Lord. What am I going to say? Many times in the course of uh, of praying for healing, the Holy Spirit starts pointing out to us things we need to correct in our lives. Please, as long as the scripture supports it, do it. What do I mean? Sometimes it's forgiveness. A lot of people are afflicted because forgive, they will not agree. What they did to me was very bad. They will not agree to accept forgiveness, uh, to, to, to to forgive people. That's what I mean by the law of obedience. If the Holy Spirit prompts you to forgive, so confess, confess your sin one to another so that you may be what? Healed. It's an important one. You confess your sin to somebody that's relevant. I don't have time to go into this about that. Anything that the Holy Spirit says do must be done. You don't get healed on your own terms. One mistake people make in life, and sometimes people who teach faith think that you control life. No. You subject yourself to what God is saying. You have to. You have to. You do that which is saying. Sometimes it's a big thing in the eyes of man, but when you pray for grace, you'll be able to do it. Many times it's not a big thing. You are the one that just thinks it's not a you know it's not important. I had a te- testimony recently, powerful testimony. One of the most powerful testimonies that regard I've heard. A young man, he was the one testifying himself to one of our brothers, the one that told me the story. He met the young man. So this story I'm telling you, I did it in a book. I heard it from the man who was told directly by the person it happened to. So this man who experienced this, there's only one person between him and me. I don't know him personally, but he told the story to a brother who told me directly. He met him. A young man who led the riotous life until he met Christ Jesus. And Jesus called him, revealed himself to him, and changed his life around, turned his life around. So he was going about his life. He so said, one day, the Holy Spirit just told him. I don't know how he heard the Holy Spirit tell him. He said, you have an injury I need to cure you of. Off. He didn't know what the law was saying. He said you have been injured. Because in Israel's life, he and his friend used to go and carry halots. Oh, yes, he used to do that. What he did not know was that he was HIV positive. He didn't know. The Lord just told him through a revelation that you have an injury I need to kill you of. They needed to go for some. He didn't know what the law was saying. But I think he needed to go to get a job or do something. He needed to do for medical screening, only for them to screen him, HIV was positive. Then he understood what the Lord was saying. So he went and prayed, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord told him where to go and go and get baptized. Go to this and so so place. Go and get baptized in water. So he went there. The pastor came there for baptism. The church members did not come. He got there and met the pastor. What are you doing here? He said, ah, say "Sir, sir. The Lord said I should come here and get baptized. He was the only one the pastor found, sank him in water, baptize him in the name of the Father, of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. The young man came out of the water. Next, time he wait for a screening. Was HIV negative? He gave the testimony by himself. The Lord told him, "There's an injury you have. I need to heal you of." The law of obedience. They told this one, "Go to the Pool of Siloam. Go and do what? Wash." He went and he came back sin. They told Naman, "Go to the River Jordan and dip seven times." He went there. He dipped. The seventh deep, he came out there, his skin was as fresh as new. Many times the instructions God will give many people, this is the number one instruction I know. He tells somebody, let go of something that you are holding on to. Later on, I don't know, Just like, you know, there are times you, you don't want the year to end because I have, I have a new, whole new set of teachings and my body don't they hot. <laughs> that is, even now my body they hot now, one of the things I want to talk about is to uproot the seed of thorns. I find that many people are failing in life because they won't uproot the seed of thorns in their lives. People follow God, follow God, follow God. They put thorns in their pockets. So when the following of the Lord is supposed to bear fruit in their lives, thorns grow up and choke the fruit. Can I told a story? You now i read him a lot. In fact, different stories just come to my mind. Yohan say I was praying for one man. As he will be praying, he in his mind is having like two hundred dollars. So what's two hundred dollars? So he continue praying. Then in his mind he will see something like two hundred dollars. Ah, he will continue praying. After a while he stop praying. He say, "Oh God, I what is this two hundred dollars? I will not let me rest." The man said, "Me and my friend we did business. I took away the two hundred dollars. <laughs> let my friend go and pay him back his money." <laughs> <laughs> the man of God stop praying. I said, "eh." So he said, he didn't give him $200. I said, I'm not praying again. Now go to his house, go and tell him your story, and give him his $200. So the one who went there, he came back. Before he finished praying for him, the man was totally healed. Different story. Oh, God, I can't tell Look, the other woman told. Me. He said, this pastor, he has serious ulcer. Don't go away. Why? He's angry, and that pastor came and opened the church nearby. Came to my river to come and fish. <laughs> they had operated on him. Those it used to treat ulcer, those they used to do operation? They removed a part of the stomach that secretes acid. Did they get healed? No. From the site of operation and that also opened. He tried to talk to the guy, he said, You know your problem? Bitterness and anger. But the man wouldn't hear. I don't know whether the ulcer finally killed him or he finally left the ministry. Psalm 107 says, Fools, because of their transgression, are afflicted. Listen to me. When we have been washed by the blood of Jesus, if we allow Satan to plant iniquity in our lives again, we are opening our lives for his affliction. Again, let us pray. Bow your heads. You have one minute. Because I was speaking, the Lord was revealing to some people what they need to do. The Lord was revealing to many people what they need to do. Some say, just let go of your anxieties. There is nothing wrong with your heart more than the the, the anxiety. These things are getting more expensive. How will I build the house now? My children are growing. Because let me tell you, they are not your children, they are my children. Did you hear what I said? Thus says the Lord, those children are his children, they are not yours. He will care for them. He is their heavenly father. God does not have grandchildren. He is their heavenly father directly. He will take care of them. So let go of your anxiety. That's what he's saying. You have a minute. Just pray. Unforgiveness. Sin that you need to let go of. So people are still doing things as long as nobody knows. God knows. And that is why his hand appears shortened. That he cannot deliver from affliction. He said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. Ah, somebody is saying, Will God forgive me? That you can ask that question, you have received forgiveness. Yes, Those who, there are people who will not forgive, yes, but they are not asking. Those that Lord, the Lord will forgive, they are not even looking for it. I'm talking about Christians. So that that thought has crossed your mind, just get on your knees wherever you are and say, Lord, have mercy on me. And this is the word of the Lord you will receive forgiveness. He said, if we shall confess our sins, it's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Alright, the last law. and eh? Then we will conclude The law of thanksgiving. What did I say? The law of thanksgiving. What did I say? The law of thanksgiving. First John chapter 5. Quickly. I'd like to quote the direct Prince in this regard. The reprint Prince said, if you believe, the first sign is what? Thanks. You give thanks. He said, if you believe, the first sign is that you give thanks. Everything we have been saying today, if you believe them, then what will you do? You will give the Lord thanks. 1 John chapter 5. I'm going to read from verse 13, and I'll stop in verse 15. said, so, this is what I've written to you who believe in the, Son, in, in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. This is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request which we have asked of him. If somebody has asked him for healing, they know that you have received it. Whether you feel like it or not, you have received it. Amen. I remember when Jesus suffered. Went to battle, when God said to him, "You will not have to fight." What did he do? He put praises in front, and the soldiers behind. Very silly, were it not for faith. What are you going to use to fight? Is it guitar? You are going to battle. People are coming with AK forty-seven. You are carrying gun gun. When they shoot a hole through this. Now, but because the man had faith, he had the confidence to put the praises in front. He said, believe in the Lord thy God, so you will be established. Believe also his prophets, so you will prosper. If you have believed what I have said to you today, rise to your feet and begin to give the Lord thanks. Begin to give thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you. Say, Jesus, I thank you. Thank you, thank you. I want to thank you for healing me. For healing my son, you asked him specifically for something earlier. Give thanks for that. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. Just give a lot of thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. Give thanks. Don't sing my song. I'm singing my own. I'm just singing. Give thanks. Mention the things you're thanking him for. We give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ the Son. Give thanks. Give thanks for healing. Give thanks for healing. Lord, I give you thanks for healing. And now let the weak say I am strong. Because you are giving thanks. Just tell him I'm, I'm strong. I'm healed. Thank you. For my daughter is healed. Thank you. For that affliction is gone. Thank you. Because the serpent, genetic serpent, infection serpent, whatever be the serpent, the poison has been not neutralized. But the serpent on the cross. By the serpent on the cross, Lord, I want to say thank you. Thank you because I receive strength from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My heart is open to receive that instruction that will perfect the healing that you have begun in me in, in, in begun in my children. Thank you. I give you praise. Thank you for peace in my home. I want somebody to receive healing in, in marriage. Receive healing in home. Receive healing in your relationship between you and your children. Sometimes there's a strain that has occurred. God wants to heal even that one. We've been f- focusing on bodily healing, but there's healing for families. There's healing for businesses. There's healing. There's healing for ministries. There's healing. There's healing. The same principle applies. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Just give the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Now you can sing my song. Say, I give thanks with a grateful heart. I give thanks. I give thanks to the Holy I give thanks. I give thanks. Because He's given Jesus Christ the Son. I give thanks. said I give thanks. With a grateful heart. I give thanks to the Holy Yes, I give thanks. I give thanks. Because He's given. Now you say, now I am saying. And now I am saying I am am strong. strong. I'm saying, I'm saying. I am saying I am rich because of what the Lord has done. For me. For me. And now? And now I am saying, I am saying, I am strong. I'm saying I am rich. I am saying I am rich because of what the Lord has done. For me. For me. I give thanks. I give thanks. Hallelujah. Give the Lord thanks to your own words again. Say, Lord, I thank you.